Hello again, everybody. I'm your host, Felipe, and you're listening to the Total Basis Podcast. And with me, as always, is Sean Flannery. Sean, how are you doing this evening? Well, we're doing great. I mean, this is winter meetings. Just finished up a 13-hour shift at work. A weekday Total Basis Podcast show. We haven't had one of those in a while. Um, well, but well, I, was, I, was I was there last Monday. So, oh, oh, okay, okay. Well, with me, with me, I have not done a yeah, weekday you one in a done. while. Yeah, yeah. Which that that Hall of Fame show was very fun. Uh, by the way, I did watch a couple little highlights of it while I was off work. Um, nice. But yeah, uh, Hall of Fame winter meetings. This Rule Five draft. I was at work yesterday. I still had two and a half hours left in my shift, and I listened to the simulcast of the Rule Five draft and the minor league portion of the Rule Five draft. Nice. If you doubt my commitment, I listened to names I have no clue who they are. And would immediately look them up on Fangraphs just to be like, you know, for shits and gigs. So, well, that's what we're going to be doing today, just for giggles. We're going <laughs> to discuss some of the uh, some of the uh, highlights of the winter meetings. It was a very, uh, I say, it was a more spirited version of the winter meetings, especially considering what we've uh, went have gone through lately. Some of these winter meetings has been as dead as the winter. Uh, but I, I believe this one was pretty lively. Would you say so uh, yourself over there? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I, I think kind of the whole lockdown situation last year, uh, or not not lockdown, lockout, and then you had the lockdown before that and the lockdown before, no. So you, you had a lockdown and a lockout, uh, which kind of dispirited the winter meetings, as you would say. And this year, um, the gift of holiday cheer was abundant. With, uh, I think we've already crossed the two billion dollar threshold given oh, out and guaranteed money. I thought it was we were. I thought we were at one point five billion at this. Point, I, I thought you, I thought we had gotten. Over, I thought we got over it uh, with the uh, it's the judge one. It's pretty high up there, so I, I believe it. So yeah, and it's with Correa and Swanson still to go. I mean, it's yeah. There's uh, don't tell me these owners don't have any money to spend. They clearly do. So. But let's start. You mentioned it, the Aaron Judge one. We'll start with Aaron Judge. Uh, we're at the Fangraphs offseason tracker. So if you want to follow along with us, you can. Uh, and we are going to discuss the guys who are projected to get the highest uh, wins above replacement for next year. Aaron Judge is at 6.9. Uh, so he looks like he's going to be winning another AL MVP with the Yankees, signing that gargantuan deal. Oh, it looks like it's eight years, $300 million, according to Fangraphs. Well, that was uh, the, the the crowdsource. That was that the crowdsource. Crowd so yeah, he, he, got, he, he got 9,360. Oh, right there. I see that, it Yep, on the far right side. <laughs> I see it now. Yeah, average annual uh, value of $40 million. Um, that's a lot more than we anticipated, right? Everybody was talking maybe 200 million or maybe 280, but not over 300. And he ends up getting 360 and for nine years. So, uh, Aaron judge bet on himself and he wins out big. Yeah, for sure. And he was always, the Yankees were kind of the, I thought the giants were more of a dark horse, uh, with the whole going home thing. They definitely had a good shot. San Diego was right there with the highest offer of them all, which blew my mind. I want to hear, I want to say I heard. 10 years, 400 million on the table for Aaron Judge from San Diego, but he turned that down to cement his legacy as probably one of the next Yankee greats. Um, for a guy that debuted at such a late age, the Hall of Fame is really a, a hard task to accomplish for him. And I always thought if he cared about legacy in his post playing career, uh, if he had split time between New York and San Francisco, that'd be kind of hard. Um, and now as a Yankee, the next nine years, he'll be there his entire career. 99 will go up in the bleachers. 
and he'll be out there in Monument Park. Granted, I was telling a buddy, I, I think he's going to look not very uh, nice in bronze, uh, but at least he'll be in bronze. He's already bronze stuff, man. He, he's biracial, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, the, the the metal, the metal bronze. Oh, the not metal the, bronze. Not, not the tone. <laughs> the metal bronze, not the music. Uh, big shout out to Matt Whelan, Jacob Moses, Austin is listening, and Angel Morales wow. listening in this evening. Glad to have you all along here. That's Aaron Judge. He gets the gargantuan deal. Probably going to be, uh, well, uh, people are kind of mocking him. And, and don't forget the Dodgers were also in on that um, California sweepstakes to get him to move back to the West Coast. But obviously, for reasons you just mentioned, he decided to stay in New York. But uh, the big concern is, can he stay healthy? Um, and we've seen what happens when he stays healthy and mm-hmm. the big numbers that he can put up. Uh, so it's a t- it's a tough sell, but... It is what it is. You, you just yeah. paid him a lot of money so he could stay healthy and kind of repeat the 2022 season, which I don't know. It just depends what kind of balls are using. Right, Sean? Great. Uh, when it comes to Aaron Judge, I'm not sure really if it matters uh, in oh, terms it of his matters. <laughs> it always matters. Of course it does. But uh, once again, huge shout out to good old Arson Judge. Uh, I will say when Heyman first put out the the arson judge tweet, I didn't even notice that it said arson. I just saw Giants and immediately ran to my 30-team group chat and said, okay, Aaron Judge is going to the Giants. He's on the market. I'm trading him now. Um, And then walked back 15 minutes later, and then the next morning signs with the Yankees, and I I went back to the group chat. I told the guys, okay, never mind. He's a Yankee. He's off the market. He He can hit home runs for another eight years in my lineup. That's okay. Damn, you're about to sell low on Aaron Judge. I'm going man. to San Francisco. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, the next guy, uh, we stay in New York. Well, not really New York. He he also left New York. Jacob DeGrom is the next guy here with a projected war of five and a half. He goes to the Texas Rangers with a five-year, $185 million, $37 million on average uh, deal. Uh, kind of surprise everybody, but I mean, you just mentioned Aaron Judge to the Yankees being like the perfect combination of things. DeGrom going to that gargantuan stadium in Texas could only bode well, and who knows, maybe he'll let him stay healthy uh, longer than what we're used to at this point, right? Yeah, with uh, this one, I, I had told you before we decided to push back this show to today to accommodate the winter meetings. I told you that when you first brought up DeGrom, I, I wasn't going to talk about it because I, I think his signing just was so small in comparison compared to both Kyle Gibson and Jordan Lyles going back to Baltimore. That, that That's the real pitching moves here. Um, and we know how Felipe loves his Baltimore Orioles pitchers. Uh. <laughs> but no, Jacob DeGrom leaving, uh, yes, personally as a Mets fan, um, was a kick in the gonads for sure. Um, but I'm I'm happy for Jacob. Um, he went to a place where I can actually root for him. He didn't go to Atlanta, didn't go to Philly, got out of the National League, thank God. Um, and he goes to a situation, I know a lot of people were just so blown away that he had five years. Um, it really wasn't shocking to me. I always expected there were likely multiple teams with four years, four year offers. Um, surprisingly, the Mets ended up not being one of those teams. Um, but I could have seen multiple teams going at him, especially at 35, 37 million. And I kind of expected the only differentiating factor would be who would give him the fifth year or the, the extra fifth year option. Uh, ends up getting five guaranteed years with a six year option. And uh, it's definitely a gamble for Texas, but. Count out Jacob DeGrom at your own peril. 
I, that that's the only thing I can say. I uh, just want to quickly go back to Aaron Judge since uh, we talked about do the balls really matter? Uh, well, according to Ariel Cohen at the beginning of the season, Sean, you'll appreciate this. I have my spreadsheet from way back in March uh, that Austin helped uh, put together here. Uh, Aaron Judge was supposed to get in 627 plate appearances. He was supposed to hit 39 home runs, which would have been good enough for tie for fourth place behind guys like Rafael Devers, Pete Alonso, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, so psych. <laughs> so, no, I mean, you say the balls don't matter, but clearly, I mean, I know these projections are kind of conservative by nature, but yeah. uh, I think oh, uh, they, they, they for sure matter. I was being facetious, and I also oh, I thought you were serious. No, no, no I'm granted. I mean, he's just such a large man, and he hits the ball so hard that I, I feel like he just muscles it out rather than you know, kind of playing the loft game. But I do find it very interesting that the arson judge tweet <laughs> came out only. An hour and a half, maybe two hours after that article was reported uh, about the three different balls that were used in the 2020. Uh, what year was it? 2022 season. Um, I thought that was very like, did Heyman do that on purpose? Did he go <laughs> full stroke just to help out MLB and hopefully hide the news? I, I don't know. That would be a very Heyman thing to do. And I already forgot. I know we did the awards not too long ago, but who won the National League MVP again? National League MVP was, oh, my goodness. Um, stall for me. Uh, uh, I, I believe it was not, not Harper. Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I, okay. I, I almost said Aaron Nato, but I, I was right team, wrong person. So Aaron Judge is project, was projected to get uh a 5.2 war, according to uh, Ariel Cohen's projections back in March. That would have doubled been... that, doubled that, basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. And that would have been good enough for ninth place in this league, uh, uh, in, in his projections. Uh, but the best player in the American League would have gone to uh, Mike Trout, it looks like, or even Vladimir Guerrero, depending on what you are looking for there. Uh, Goldschmidt, just to uh, get an idea, was supposed to finish 43rd. Uh, yeah and it's funny because goldschmidt had a great 2021 too and i was i was trying to sell high on goldschmidt last year um i had actually sent out an offer um it was going to be built around in the 30 team Uh, it was going to be built around judge and goldschmidt um and trout and somebody else some pitcher i think good starting pitcher was going to be the return paul goldschmidt was supposed to have a uh oh he tied for 42nd with joey gallo among f4 Last year? No, for pro- oh. the projections. Oh, oh was, projections, yeah. They were supposed to finish almost simultaneously together at a 3.4 war this year. Drop an so, F in the uh, chat for Joey Gallo. <laughs> what was yeah, it? You, I, you said it was four point something or just 40 something, 40 second? Yeah, tie, they were tied for 30 second along with guys like Yuan Moncada. Oh, yeah. So it was it, a three-way it, tie. Between what was the, and what was the projected war? 3.4. 3.4. Wow. Yeah, for Gallo, Goldschmidt, and Moncada. So that's why you play the games, folks. That's why you play the games. So, you know, I I, I I did a good job drafting uh, Aaron Judge earlier this year. All right, enough of that. Uh, Carlos Correa and Brandon Nimmo are still free agents as of right now, at least last I checked. Um, yes. Who, get, are, who, gets, who gets signed first? Uh, I think right now, and I kind of expected this to happen at the winter meetings after the Judge card fell, I was expecting Brandon Nimmo to sign. Um, I think the thing with him is, is he has such an extensive market because he's not going to cost the 30, 35, 40 million dollars a year. Granted, I think he's going to get way more than people expect. I think it's going to be close to around 25 million a year, 23, 24. 
uh, probably six years. And right now, the team that I, I'm seeing the most smoke from is Toronto. And, and I, I think roster, <laughs> roster-wise, great fit. They need a lefty bat. They need an outfielder after trading uh, Teoscar Hernandez. But I, I'm just, I, I don't think I see Nimmo going to Toronto. Um, the Mets are kind of hanging around. But aside from Verlander and how aggressively that and quickly that happened, um, the Mets have seemed very apathetic this uh, offseason in the winter meetings. Uh, they offered Jacob DeGrom 3-120 and basically said, take it or leave it. There didn't seem to be much negotiating. Uh, Jacob DeGrom said in his press conference today, he said, we were in contact with the Mets, um, but the Rangers were in constant communication with us. So um, the Mets, I think, probably thinking they're being outpriced on Nemo. Uh, it just depends on how much they want him back uh, because it's hard to sign guys if you can't show to them how much you want them. And I think that's uh, something that a team can do. It just takes effort and you have to want to do it rather than being a passive contributor or a passive negotiator or a passive team of interest, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I, I have no clue. I think there's so many places he could go and there, there could be teams that we're not even thinking of that, like aren't even that good. That could just sneak in there. Cause I, I think he has the skill set. Cubs. Right, Cubs. I, I, I had mentioned the Reds earlier this year. Obviously, the Reds have oh. done like next to nothing um, so far this offseason. Uh, so probably not them. But I, I thought that would be a fun fit. Uh, but could be New York. Either either New York. Granted, Judge, I think, takes him out on Nimmo. Uh, we move on to Trey Turner. That was another big deal. Uh, once again, the Padres were in, uh, involved. Austin, by the way, he says that he'll take Nim on the Angels right now. Um, Can't have him. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know the, for the way these players are rejecting the state of California. Maybe maybe that's not going to happen. But getting back to Trey Turner, who ditched California to go back to the East Coast and play in Philly. Uh, Eleven years, three hundred million dollar, another gargantuan deal for a thirty year old guy. Um, the 27.27 average annual salary. Uh, I'm just looking at the Phillies right now. They don't really have much in the farm system. So this is pretty much it for them. It's it's what we talk about when you assign uh, Bryce Harper to a big deal and to a very extremely long-term deal, you have to do whatever it takes to kind of plug and play um, those uh, the, your uh, major league roster. And right now, Trey Turner is projected to bat lead off for them. Uh, followed by Kyle Schwarber, Reese Hoskins, JT Real Muto, Nick Castellanos. Somewhere in there belongs Bryce Harper. Hopefully, not number four again, like they did last year. That was a mistake. <laughs> but after Castellanos, it, it the talent level just kind of falls off. Derek Hall, um, is is I think they have Derek Hall as the fill in for Harper until Harper's back, which could be May or June. And yeah, of course, they could, they, could, a- they could make another addition. And, and Derek Hall is a, a nice little platoon bat, um, first right handed pitching. Yeah, but in the meantime, that's that's who they have. Uh, yeah. They um, it's it's not a good look. It's not. It looks like a very pedestrian uh, lineup after Castellanos bats fifth. Uh, Alec Baum, who is like the Jekyll and Hyde of that team, Bryson Stott, who now has to move to the second. Uh, so they lose uh, Gene Segura, who was known for his clutch hitting, and then Brandon Marsh's putrid offense uh, is supposed to be offset by his defense, and then the bench isn't that strong. Uh, and it just depends. Do you? They also end up getting Taiwan Walker this offseason, which 
to me, that's like a ticking time bomb. I don't trust them too Especially much. In, in Philly. Ooh. Especially in Philly. You, good point. Um, Austin's asking, do you like Brandon Nimmo to the Twins? I'm not sure the Twins are interested. Like, I, I could see the Twins going in an opposite direction. I see them trading possibly an outfielder. Um, uh, if I had to guess who the Blue Jays get as their outfielder, I would guess uh, from the Twins, it'd be Max Kepler. Uh, the Twin are the Blue Jays trying to offload one of those catchers. Twins could move Kepler. Um, that's a win-win for either team. Uh, Austin's uh, the Cubs. Austin's mentioning the Cubs are really in a lot of players this year. Yeah, the owner has been public about being active in the free agent market, but I'm just. I honestly think he just says that to uh, rile up the, the fan base and get them to purchase season tickets <laughs> with the promise that there will be free agents uh, coming to this north side of Chicago, which if you're a Cub fans, just just shut the hell up and <laughs> buckle your seatbelt because this is what you all wanted. You wanted the rebuild. This is what a rebuild looks like. It's not even a real rebuild. There's, we talked about it. They got a bunch of 30-year-old scrubs and a bunch of uh, high-level prospects who are nowhere near ready, at least – the fact that Brennan Davis is nowhere near ready should be alarming. And he already has all these back issues. Anyway, don't get me talking about the Cubs. <laughs> if they're not worth talking, they're not worth talking at this a- point. A- Andrew Benatendi for the Cubs? That's not too bad. That's it not make, too bad. It, it, makes, it makes so much sense. Like, just in it. terms of everything, how they've built that roster, the the player types, the Nico Horners, the Nick Madrigals, throw Andrew Benatendi in there and they can all just be slappy McGee's. Look, I can talk like you. <laughs> That's impressive, Sean. That's impressive. I didn't really, I didn't know you uh, had it in you, but I mean, you're gonna get rid of. I think Ian Happ is a free agent, right? Oh uh, no, he he has one more year, I believe. Oh, okay. So then it was Contreras, and they didn't trade yeah. him, so they end up. Please tell me the Cubs at least got a, a, a some sort of prospect. Or they they offered the they, they gave him the qualifying offer. So we got a, what a third round pick, maybe. Uh, I'm trying to think in their situation. They weren't above the uh, luxury tax, but they don't receive revenue sharing. After round two, three, I, I I can double check. Just keep going. Anyway, so that so getting back to the Phillies, uh, yeah, they they uh, they 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 they. I hope they don't think they're done because they have a lot of holes to plug in. Still, uh, the bullpen played a lot better. Uh, we talked about that last year, uh, but after that, I'm looking at their um, minor league system, and it's kind of um, it's kind of plain. It's yeah, plain. So like a like a kid's cheeseburger, you know how they always. I want it plain. I don't want no pickles or mustard. So that's what the Phillies look like. Once you uh, talk about the, I mean, we talk about it all the time. They're a top heavy lineup. It's a miracle they got to the World Series, and to expect Bryce Harper to carry that team after and trying to recover from Tommy John is just not fair to him. But that's what he gets paid the big bucks, and so do the other guys. So we'll, well see. You, you see that that is the thing with the addition yeah. of Trey Turner, which I think the most surprising part was the eleven years. Um, I find them, the Phillies, and the Padres kind of in very similar circumstances right now with very top-heavy lineups, lots of, like, uber talent. I mean, obviously, some of the best hitters, position players in baseball. Um, But the Padres are going to play the first roughly month without Fernando Tatis. The Phillies are going to play roughly the first two or three months without Bryce Harper. Um, Things could get very interesting very quickly. And, I mean, obviously, they have the talent to overcome that. But, you know, these teams, as much as as great as they look on paper right now, um, a lot can change between now and just, say, the trade deadline, uh, which if the Padres crash and burn, I, I think I've said this before in a previous episode, if the Padres somehow crash and burn and none of this works out, 
one AJ Preller is losing his job sooner or later. Uh, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if it just went full fire sale, trade hater, trade Soto, uh, maybe even trade Machado. Machado waves his no trade clause and then opts out at the end of the year. Um, I could really see it just going kind of crazy. But that's a uh, very low I, on the because I asked you pri- on, on a private chat if 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 uh, Preller's job was in trouble, and I could have sworn you said that it would take a lot to get him ousted out of San Diego. But then you I, I think this- it, I think it's if they don't win the next two years, and depending on how uh, the first two months, three months of the season goes uh, for the Padres, if they have a great record, then he, they're fine. Uh, but I really do think they have to win in these next two years while Soto's there. Um, Obviously, uh, Bogarts, who's coming up next on our list, um, Bogarts, Machado, Tatis. Uh, I, I think the Machado Tatis thing is dynamic, is very interesting. Machado could opt out. Um, if they don't trade Tatis, does that guarantee that Machado opts out? Because we know they had their tiffs, um, in the last couple of years. But, uh, yeah, it, I think it's a situation that could go very, very good for AJ Preller or very, very bad. And, you know, we've seen him make these have these crazy off seasons and he's always recovered. He, he tore it all down or he built it, you know, bought everything, sold everything, bought it again, sold it again. And now he's bought it again. Yeah. Um, and it's a very thin line to, to cross with AJ Preller and we'll, we'll see what he does. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like I tell people, you rather your team be active and try, just try, or, or you could be like the pirates and don't try and be miserable. Like all the pirate fans are in this group. So, uh, but I honestly think if if by June they're at 500, I think he's in deep, deep trouble. Yeah, that that's kind of where I'm at. Like they need to be doing extremely well. Tatis needs to be back, and that locker room has to not be bubbling over. Um, right. uh, because not only just in the next two years is Soto there, uh, haters free agent at the end of the year, and then Snell and Darvish, I believe, are free agents after this year or next year. Um, so there, there's a lot of it's a, a short window for how many guys they have lock, locked up long term in terms of the roster as a whole, I think. Yeah. Uh, Carlos Rodon is still a free agent. Um, he, like I think I mentioned it before on this show. He should just stay out on the West Coast and and go off into the sunset. But uh looks like he's San Fran- I, I haven't heard anything from San Francisco about him that like they gave him that one year with the one option. Just to see, and then there I've heard zero about them wanting to re-sign him. And I think with the White Sox not offering a qualifying offer, the Giants basically saying, "Okay, we're glad we got the one year out of them. We're not even in on them as a free agent." I, I just worry that, like you said, was uh, the other player ticking time bomb, which we've always known Rodon kind of to be. But uh, could you see a short-term deal to the Dodgers? Maybe. Uh, I mean, hey, they gave a chance to Tyler Anderson and. Tommy Conley and uh, was it Andrew Haney as well on that team? Yeah. I mean, it's another left-handed pitcher. So why yeah, not? I mean, right? does he end up settling for another like two-year deal like those guys did? Uh, it would it'd be, it'd be at a much higher AAV than, you know, right. it would Haney or Anderson. Lot, yeah. uh, but like two years, 30 million each, maybe like I, I don't, it seems the Dodgers are in on a lot of these guys, but like the Mets, they've found that, Hey, we're not going to give the guy the the eight, the nine, the ten million. Obviously, the Mets did it for Lindor, and the Dodgers did it for Betts. But they're not going to dip into that type of contract uh, more than they need to. Uh, we saw that with the Bauer deal and whatnot. So, uh, John, I, I, like, I just don't know where Rodon's going. I, I would think Yankees or Dodgers would be my two best guesses. 
John Morosi today uh, suggested even the Red Sox and that uh, his price tag can go well over two, a little bit over two hundred million dollar range. That's that's uh, that's insane. A lot of Mets fans wanted him, and I was saying two years of Verlander is infinitely better than being stuck <laughs> with Radon for six or seven years. I mean, like that was my nightmare scenario was that they would not re-sign the Grom, and then they'd turn around and give Radon like six or seven years. That was nightmare fuel. For me, uh, Morosi, there are still some really high end teams, some of the biggest spending clubs in the sport who still need pitching, specifically the Dodgers. They're one team that we know was involved in the Jacob DeGrom conversation, the Justin Verlander conversation. They have not yet addressed that they need, sorry, they have not yet addressed that need that they have in the starting rotation. Knowing the Dodgers, though, they're probably gonna uh, go for a cheaper Bobby, alternative. Bobby Miller. I think that's another reason that the Dodgers have kind of been quiet this free agency is they have so many top prospects and yeah. they kind of got pilfered in the rule five draft as well for guys that weren't on their 40 man. Cause they're just, they have so many good players that they can't fit them all in the roster, but I could see, you know, Ryan Pepio made his debut last year. Bobby Miller could fill into that spot in the rotation. Um, that could be why they're not kind of going after these guys as full heartedly as they might want to. Austin. How about Rodon to the twins? Twins have to sign someone, right? Um, I would say that Rodon doesn't fit their mold of a pitcher, right? Because they always want these highly controlled artists who don't walk a lot of guys and also don't strike out too many guys either. So Rodon uh, is kind of an outlier in that regard, right? If if the Twins can't retain Carlos Correa, which I think is kind of their number one priority right now is bringing Correa back, um, I could could see that possibly. I, I think they need other things more. But that would make them a player in the West or in the Central for sure. Morosi also suggests that the fact that Bogarts ended up with the Padres, uh, this could be like them showing their fan base. See, we got something this offseason. We got Carlos Rodon. So, uh, and then of course the Yankees are still interested. So yeah, it's like Morosi said, a lot of um, high-end teams looking for rotation help uh bogarts to the padres i think we kind of touched base on that yeah and let's see another 11 year contract to a 30 year old that that the padres offering and i'm assuming that they offered 11 to trey turner because like i said it was rumored that they had the highest offer for both judge and turner xander seems like a guy that could age well but he also has some sketchy numbers outside of fenway um yeah, but it's, that was, uh... it's the professional approach. You just wonder how many of those F7s turned into doubles and if he can adjust to maybe I mean, he's a solid line drive hitter, always has been. Um, but how can he permanently adjust to life outside of Fenway? He's always shown an ability to adjust to whatever the team needs him. Yeah. He, if they wanted him to be a power hitter, he would hit for home runs. Uh, but you're right. That's one of the things I wanted to touch base was the fact that that green monster really helped and he became one of the better, most consistent doubles machines in the last few years or so because of that, him and Nick Castellanos are always neck and neck for that doubles title. Uh, So you're right. It's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen in a notoriously pitcher friendly ballpark in San Diego. I know they moved the fences in uh, not too long ago, but still it's, it looks like it plays like a big ballpark and he's coming off a, a season. Bogarts is hitting 15 home runs on his in his walk here so uh but hey this is a move that the Padres need just like the Phillies for all the reasons that you had mentioned before uh you need to do something and take advantage of the of, of the of the major league roster being 
this talented, but yeah, it's still a, a very top heavy lineup. Although I like this lineup better a little bit better than the Phillies lineup because it's a little bit more depth. But yeah, they got some work to do, man. Yeah. Uh, r- right now, David Dahl and Luis Camposano are supposed to, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, shared duties on yeah. designated hitter. Uh, Jose Azlocar is the left fielder, so I'm pretty sure they're no they're not done yet. And but uh, they need to take advantage. They still are able to uh, develop some pitching to uh, fill out their bullpen and the rotation. But still, um, the it, yeah, th- this is desperation mode for them, and for all the reasons that we mentioned earlier, uh, that they need to really get off to a really good start. Otherwise, this might be the last you've seen of this uh, Padres roster as is Verlander to the Mets. So yeah, people were concerned about the Grom to the Rangers, even though he's 35 years old, has a less, a lot less mileage on his arm, but still uh, a guy who has not been able to stay healthy. And then you got Verlander who we talked about not too long ago. Isn't this, isn't this the guy who needed five people pitching in Houston just to preserve his arm? Uh, you're a Mets fan, Sean. Do you believe yeah. that Verlander can go a full season with a five-man rotation and the Mets won't need a six-man rotation? I think the plan right now, obviously, if you have both Verlander and Scherzer, you want them to punch as, pitch as much as possible while still maintaining you know, their health. Uh, Verlander kind of surprised me this year. Uh, obviously, one of Cy Young first year back from Tommy John surgery, uh, which is kind of why they, they did the six-man thing, and he made 28 starts. Um the main thing that worries me with Verlander, obviously it's not ability, but a lot of innings, I, I think he pushed around 200 innings combined with the playoffs, uh, one year removed from Tommy John surgery, is always a red flag to me. Um, it's an exciting move, though, because one, he just won the Cy Young. Uh, he's shown no signs of slowing down, um, and he's, he's, he's Justin Verlander. And it's a two-year deal, a little bit safer. Uh, the only complaint that I have with that is in regards versus him versus DeGrom, they both missed the equivalent of a year. Yep. And, but so many more people will be like, oh, DeGrom has missed so much time. They both missed a year. Verlander didn't pitch at all in 21. DeGrom pitched half the season in 21 and a little under half this year. And then Verlander made 28 starts this year. Their innings pitch were not far off. And Degrom's five years younger, and it's funny because I went back and I looked the last few years that Justin was in Detroit, when a lot of people kind of thought that he was fading away, the strikeouts were way down. Velo was kind of backing up on him. He was about 32, 33 years old, uh, not much dissimilar from Degrom. And now we have a lot of people doubting Degrom, saying, you know, he's he's thirty four, thirty five, he's cooked. But when Degrom's been on the field. It hasn't been that. And even Verlander, he he missed a little bit of time in those seasons. And um, like I said, I'd much rather have Verlander at two years than Rodon at six. I'm excited to see him and Max compete against each other. I think that's my my favorite part of this is apparently that when they pitched together in Detroit, they weren't best friends, <laughs> but they were like good teammates. And it was a, one reporter who followed the team at the time said something that was like, okay, Verlander would go out there and strike out 10. And Max would get pissed, and he'd be like, okay, I'm going to go strike out 11 tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, Max is always a little crazy to begin with, but uh, I think that that edge at the top is very interesting. You just hope that they can stay healthy and fresh enough to last deep into the season. Uh, Austin brings up an interesting point about we said the same thing about Machado, too. Well, not we, but I think the general we, 
general we <laughs> we said the same thing about Machado too when he made the move from Baltimore to uh San Diego and he's been hitting just fine yeah but Machado's a much more explosive hitter uh he's a more of a home run hitter whereas you mentioned it Bogarts is a line drive hitter very steady I mean he's averaging about a 134 WRC plus since 2019 yeah. Machado's at 130 however Machado has also had has posted big numbers he's posted uh uh in the 150 WRC pluses with more home runs uh and uh, a higher exit velocity and higher hard hit rate whereas Machado can hit the get the hard hit rate above 50 percent uh Bogarts is around the 40 percent mark so it's a two different types of hitters and the concern is that if, if Bogarts is not able to go back to that one year I think there was a one year where he hit about he had 33 oh, yeah 33 yeah. in 2019 thank you uh he had 33 in 2019 that was his career high I don't think he could do that consistently. I think he did it just because the, the that's what the Red Sox asked him to do, and he obliged. Otherwise, he's been always a line drive hitter who hits a lot of doubles and takes advantage yeah. of the I, other I don't monster. think he's a 500 slug plus guy. I did go back and look to uh, see. Uh, Bogarts kind of came into his own in 2018. That was when he's posted you know five consecutive seasons of basically a 130 plus uh, WRC plus. He had 129 in 2020, but what's 1%? Um and on the road since 2018, since he became this version of himself, um, 10% walkout rate or walk, walk, 10% walk rate, 18% strikeout rate, right in line with career averages. Um, he hit 284 with a 361 on base and a 464 slug. And this was away from Fenway. And he actually hit the ball up the middle a lot, pulled it a good bit. So this could be a guy that we don't really think about when we talk about shifts. But the guys that were just such good up the middle line drive, and even like when they hit it on the ground, uh, they just know how to place the ball up the middle of the field. Um, you take the shift away, uh, he could get a couple more, you know, just base hits from doing that. But like I said, he and you said earlier, he's shown the ability to adjust. He's not going to be crazy, crazy like 30 home runs, like you said. Um, but 830, 840 OPS, solid approach, solid on base. 450 slug. I I think he's a safe bet for that. Yeah, probably. But still, I mean, it could get frustrating when you're trying to lift the ball in the air and they're out. As a, yeah. Austin brings up a good point that line drive hitter to hit it to the gap. That's a double like any other ballpark, just like in the Green Monster in Fenway. But there's also the tendency to hit the ball in the air yeah. more and not get the same results. The other thing I want to mention, you taught you you kind of scoff at the idea. Oh, another thirty-year-old with an eleven-year contract. What are these teams thinking? I, I thought I thought we were done with these. Honestly, I, I honestly I, thought we were done with these. I just wanted to point out that people get mad when thirty-year-olds get eleven-year contracts, and then people get mad when you give twenty-one-year-olds fourteen, fifteen-year contracts. <laughs> There's no in between. Everybody hates when these players get these long-ass contracts it doesn't matter if you're young if you're at your peak or if you're 30 and have proven your worth it doesn't matter nobody likes seeing these players get paid so uh, anyway that, that's I, I think it was there. just I I think Cano and Pujols ruined it for a lot of people <laughs> I think you might I, I mean I, that's exactly what I think about as well and, and if you want to go well even Jason Hayward who uh, got he was what 20 26 at the age of signing that's and exactly he got an eight, was- eight year eight year deal that's exactly what I was going to point out. That's probably not a good example because he got signed at 26 year old, kind of like uh, uh, Machado and Harper getting signed before they hit the age of 30. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's those are the names I think about Cano and Pujols. And then history repeats itself with Judge, Turner, and Bogarts. I'm, I'm trying to think of what Josh Hamilton got in years five, seven. I, I don't think it was that long. He was an older player, but 
yeah, late bloomer, but you know they uh, they bought into the the fact that he was a, a high pedigree uh, prospect yeah. all his life and who got into some drug and alcohol problems, and that his life was truly uh, turned around. And then he yeah, goes so, to so, Anaheim. Yeah, that and, it was a, it was a five year deal. So, but he was oh, also wow. like he was thirty something. So I guess he didn't get you know some crazy seven eight years. For some reason, seven was sticking in my mind. Well, I was gonna say he goes to Anaheim and he gets into that bad Disney crowd. So yeah. you know how those. Uh, <laughs> Oh, 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 oh boy, come here, bitch. Get some smack in your face. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. The, the candy coating wasn't sugar. Uh, the, the mean streets in downtown Disney, man. Oh. Home of the House of Blues. Uh, Dansby Swanson also uh, is supposed to get some big time money. Um, do you know where he's going? Do you uh, uh, any direction as to where he might end up? I could see Boston. I could see the Cubs. Uh, all these teams that were kind of. Oh, tacked Cubs. on, tacked on to other shortstops that have since gone elsewhere. Um, I think the he's Cubs. the he's the pitching version or the the hitting version of Carlos Rodon, but not for health, just because I think he's so drastically overperformed this year. Oh, yeah. um, and he's the fool's gold. He's the fool's oh. gold hitter, and Rodon's the fool's gold pitcher. And who knows? Maybe your Cubbies will sign both. You know what? It, 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 <laughs> Dansby Swanson to the cuz it fits right in. You told me fool's gold of a hitter. I believe you. I agree with you. Uh, just like this Cubs, this Cubs roster is a fool's gold of just mismatch. Uh, they did get a little younger, so I, I'm glad that they got rid of all their 30 year olds. It's a shame that they weren't able to flip them for some low level prospects. But yeah, this this team looks a little younger. It still sucks, but it does look a little younger. And uh, yeah, Dansby Swanson replacing Nico Horner at short is probably what they, yeah. the doctor ordered. But you know what? That means slapping Nick Madrigal is going to be out of luck with uh, no starting no starting roster spot for him anymore. Oh, no. Sad. Sad. Zach McKinstry might not get a lot of playing time either. If, uh, <laughs> oh, Zach. Zach McKinstry getting pushed out of the lineup. Oh, you're so upset about that. Hey, hey listen, you still got to uh, justify the Patrick Wisdom deal, right? Or the contract. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> Wait, did I, they I give him? He, I he has an extension. I'm, He's he's listed oh, on the God. team, so I assume okay. that he might have gotten some. He, he, probably just not just non tender or he got tendered a contract. No, ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, I do apologize, my screaming daughter out there. Next on the on the docket, Clayton Kershaw goes back to the Dodgers in a kind of a boring deal. Why isn't why isn't uh, Clayton Kershaw getting a big contract like everybody else? Uh, I don't know. He, I honestly thought if maybe because I want to say they announced this a while ago but it didn't become official until just a few days ago. It would have been really cool to see both Kershaw and DeGrom suit up in Texas, but alas, maybe that'll happen next year. Um, never know. Uh, Kershaw has 14 years of service time in uh, Major League Baseball. Verlander is 17. Uh, Verlander, 40 years old. A lot more innings on that arm. Coming back from Tommy John surgery, including Kershaw, uh, pitching a pretty damn consistent year last season. Yeah, 35 years old. And only gets a one a measly one year. You know what? You know what it is, Sean. You know what it is. This is what loyalty gets you. The real the real key to success when you're trying to get more of a salary increase in your life is just going from team to team to team. <laughs> big shout out to Carlos from Florida. I'm a big Mets fan. I, I think you might know him. Uh, tuning in this evening. Thank you, Carlos, for tuning in. Moving down to Gene Segura, who we talked about. He's also a free agent. Does that name excite you whatsoever, Sean? Not really, but I'm impressed that the Phillies. Um, he had a $17 million option that they declined. And I was kind of, I thought that would go towards re-signing Eflin, getting one of these pitchers, which I guess they got Taiwan Walker for that. But definite upgrade. 
to go from $17 million for Gene Segura to getting Trey Turner for like $27 million. Um, it's a hell of an upgrade. They did a good job. Uh, he lands somewhere. He's just too pesky of a hitter yeah. to not get signed. Um, I could see Miami. Oh, that would piss me off. A, a team full of pesky hitters getting another pesky hitter. The the John Birdies and Miguel Rojas's of the world. Yeah, and no uh, more uh, no more shifts. So that that's gonna bode well for Gene Segura. Or I mean, he could end up back in the AL. Uh, who knows? But yeah, oh, okay. he definitely he he definitely gets signed. Andrew Haney going to the Rangers, and I'm looking at the roster for the Rangers, especially that rotation. And you know what, Sean? I, I they don't Brandon, Brandon Nemo to the Mets. Brandon Nemo to the Mets live oh, here. Oh my god! News. Oh breaking my god! News. Oh oh oh! My heart. My All heart. Right, right. Oh, keep, okay. Keep it in your pants, man. Keep I'm, I'm gonna try pants. to. But anyway, it, 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 was, it was a passing bomb. <laughs> I'm looking at the I'm looking at the Rangers uh, starting rotation, and you know what? I've been I've been dissing that. What's wrong now? Eight years. Eight. 162 million. So it comes up to about 20 million a year. Man, we're just giving bad. We're just giving 30-year-olds eight-year contracts now. I thought we were done with that. Hey, hey, that's the Shinsu Chu Curtis Granderson archetype you're talking about here. They age (laughs) semi-well. Yeah, they 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 listen, man. That's one skill that won't go away is the ability to take four balls. For a walk, I should say. Uh, but anyway, getting back to the Rangers rotation, it doesn't look too bad, especially if everybody stays healthy. But it doesn't look too bad. I, I've been making fun of them. I've been mocking them a little bit too harshly. But you know what? Jacob DeGrom, Martin Perez, John Gray, Andrew Haney, and Jake Odorizzi doesn't look too bad at all. So maybe maybe there is some hope for that team. Uh, starting rotation in the minors, and I see they have a guy named Cole Wynn at AAA. Spencer Howard might still be a thing. Glenn Otto is a guy that we like. Dane Dunning mm-hmm. might come back and show a little bit more dominance. Uh, Cole Reagans is down there as well. So, you know what? Call me crazy, Sean. I, I, okay, no, okay. A lot of Mets fans are saying, "Oh, the Rangers suck." He went there for the money. Uh, he's going to be terrible. And I'm like, "You guys, they have a top ten farm system, and all a lot of their top prospects, especially on the position player side, where they do need a little bit of help, are about to debut." Uh, Josh Young, Justin Foscue, um, the outfielder whose name escapes me, something Owen, Eli Owen, or something like that. I think they're just like one proven bat away. Uh, Nate Lowe had the breakout. Seager and Semyon are still there. And after their first year, after a big contract letdown, which always happens, um, I think they're going to be a, a really solid team. And that American League West gets even more interesting. Yeah, like I said, and the bullpen, it's still it's always going to be a work in progress. But, I mean, they got Jose LeClure. Jonathan Hernandez is uh, throwing 100 miles an hour back from, I believe, Tommy John surgery, if I remember correctly. And uh, Brock Burke uh, with a 1.97 ERA last season. Uh, Joe Barlow was the former closer as well. Um, I think his, uh, I believe his season ended pretty uh, early because of uh, some sort of arm injury. I don't remember at this point. Uh, You can feel free to correct me in the comments or right here live, Sean. But yeah, for all the reasons you mentioned, uh, we, uh, you know what? I, I apologize to the Texas Rangers. They're trying to do what the Phillies have done and just, stockpile the roster with a bunch of major leaguers and hope that somewhere along the line, the uh, minor leaguers step up and help out and reinforce. Uh, Jose Abreu to the uh, Astros. That's a hell of a deal for the Houston Astros. Uh, Jose Abreu signs for three years, $58 million. Uh, Another three-year contract for Abreu, who uh, we thought that he was going to retire a White Sox player, but no, he decided that he wants to play somewhere that's warm 
And that's an actual winner. And that is committed to um, winning and competing because the White Sox ain't it. Yeah. And, 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 and him, can you imagine him with the Crawford boxes now? Oh, it's going to be oh. awesome. Oh, gosh. Awesome. It, uh, it, like the average might drop because he might just go straight pull mode all the time. But with his contact ability and oh, gosh, I, I, I was excited about that. I felt bad for White Sox fans, but still. Um, no, man, we don't deserve anything. We don't deserve pity. We don't deserve anything good in our lives. This is this is what we asked for. And now we're taking it because we just assumed that things were going to happen and they didn't happen. Uh, getting back to the Rangers, I'm just kind of curious where I had them ranked in my FUBAR rankings in terms of the bullpen. I thought I had them ranked pretty high. Oh, yeah, middle of the pack, 16th place. So, thanks for, you know what? Arrow's pointing out for the Rangers this offseason. So They'll get full seasons from Jonathan Hernandez, Jose Leclerc, um, and the other Barlow, whichever. I know there's the Barlow in Kansas City and there's the Barlow in Texas, and uh, yes, they Barlow, always confuse Joe, me. Joe Barlow. Uh, moving on, so we like the Jose Abreu deal, even though he's a little bit on the old side. So they replaced one old Cuban for another. The Astros do. <laughs> Speaking of old former uh, Chicago first baseman Anthony Rizzo, so forever and a day, Abreu and Rizzo will always be tied together like this. But Rizzo signs a two-year, forty million dollar deal. Not too bad, not too shabby for him for the thirty-three-year-old. Uh, so that means the Yankees are they. They brought the guys that they wanted to bring back in this offseason. And Rizzo looks like he's penciled in as a number three hitter uh, behind Judge and in front of Stanton with Glavar Torres leading off. Uh, Josh Donaldson, though, as a little bit on the older side. But you know what, Sean, this is what the, this is all those years of just sitting back and not trading any other position players. This is where it pays off because now they have both Osvaldo Cabrera and Osbo Peraza in the starting lineup. So, Brian Cashman, genius for not trading those guys away and letting the Astros win all those championships, right? <laughs> yes, that that's why. <laughs> are, you think they're done, or are, are, do you see Cabrera and Peraza really starting next uh, in twenty twenty three, or are they not bringing some veterans? I it's uh, depends on what they do with Volpe, Volpe, whatever. Um, yeah. I think Peraza is a legit. He he might be the opening day shortstop. Uh, Cabrera might make it, but just as one of those kind of the, the bench pieces that play multitude of positions, the jerks and profar uh, of yeah. the Yankees. Right. Calling it, calling that now that's the comp. That's yeah. <laughs> no, not that. Hey, it's not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, let's see what else. Da- and, and David Robertson, one year, $10 million to the Mets. God, it's like last year when the Mets signed seven guys in like four hours. <laughs> oh, this is yeah. all live on the recording too. I, I'm going to yeah. go back and I'm just going to laugh at myself for freaking out over Nemo. I apologize, but I don't. <laughs> Uh, Spirit, uh, Austin reminding us that they also have Jack Leiter and the Rangers do yep. Jack Leiter and some guy named Rocker. I forgot his first name. Kumar. Bo- Kumar. Oh, Kum- that's right. Yeah. Kumar the, the, Rocker. The, 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 uh, Van, the Vandy pitchers. Uh, I, and I, I pick, think, right? yeah. He, well, he was, he went third, even though he wasn't expected to go till end of the first round, beginning of the second after the Mets passed on him last year. Um, but that allowed them to pick the top prep hand in the 2022 draft, Brock Porter. Um, you know, high school pitcher, right-handed, very risky, but high upside stuff. Uh, they're building something over there. And I know a lot of people are laughing at the Rangers because they've been bad for so long, but guess what? The Cubs were bad for a really long time before they won. You know, they, they went on their little run. The Astros were bad for a long time before they went on their little run. Uh, they've brought in a, one of the best managers of all time, in my opinion, Bruce Bochy, um, 
completely redoing that front office, Chris Young taking over. I'm excited for the Rangers. And I think they might be my AL team for uh, 2023 to watch. I always pick a new one every year. Um, had the the Angels two years ago, Mariners last year. So I might just stick in the AL West. I think the issue with the Rangers is that this is like, this is another rebuild that they're trying to uh, come away with after the first one failed miserably. That core yeah. with Profar, um, ah, crap. And I already forgot the other people. It was at the back end of Elvis Andrews and uh, the third baseman, the Hall of Famer, uh, Bel- Beltre, Shinsu Chu. Yeah. Uh, who, who is the center fielder? Do they bring in Michael Bourne at any point? Um, I'm trying to think. They had some center fielder, and I, I I'm oh, never going to remember. I, don't know. I, I just think about Leody, Leody Taveras. And- did you see what he did at the end of this past year? He no, was actually he-, he was actually good. Yeah, he hit, he hit I, like I keep, seven home runs, had some stolen bases, hit 300. Uh, I don't expect that, but I mean, I keep telling you guys, you, know, you never know what to expect from these guys. Uh, yeah, uh, low slugging percentage, low on base percentage, but he did hit five home runs and 11 stolen bases. Leone Taveras did at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, that's kind of like their prototype right now. With uh, okay, it was in 100, he, I didn't realize he played 100 games, but um, yeah, he, he had a, a hot stretch at the end of the year. But him and Adolis Garcia bring that team a lot of like young speed and guys that are just going to go crazy on the bases. And like I said, I, I like the blend of veterans, young veterans, old veterans, uh, the, the Simeons and the DeGroms, the Seegers and the John Grays with their prospects coming up. I, the build just and it's a, a good sized window because those prospects are just now coming up. And those veterans I mentioned are under control for another three to six years. Uh, some of the failed prospects uh, failed. It's just the term I'm using, so take it or leave it. Willie Calhoun. Um, yeah, oh, Willie, Willie, Willie Calhoun. We, we all, oh, like oh Calhoun. man, he was so good in out of the park simulations. He ne- like he never busted. Like that contact ability was so good. <laughs> uh, Ronald Guzman, remember him? The big. Oh yeah, there you go, the Condor. And of course, my favorite guy of all time, Nomar Mazzara. Nomar Mazzara. Well, there had to be another center fielder. We'll we'll look later. We'll just keep well, going. No, he was a corner outfielder. Oh, well, no, he's it's center, center fielder. I meant center fielder. Oh, ah, okay. Well, I'm on the 2018 list. I know Willie Calhoun was one. Tavares is there. Uh, I don't see any. Yeah, th- th- this would have been before that, I believe. Was it Bubba Thompson? No, Bubba Thompson came up last year and wasn't bad. Uh, I think he might be the one I was thinking of that came up right at the end of the year and actually did pretty good. The former first round pick from the Mobile, Alabama area. All right. So, I mean, we can go back to 2016 and see what that looked like. But yeah, like I said, I think a lot of it is just the fact that we've seen several rebuilds just go to waste for the Rangers. I think that's part of the, I mean, Joey Gallo was at one point uh, a guy that was supposed to uh, be that next crop of Texas Rangers minor leaguers that's supposed to put them from point B to point A and maybe to a point C in championship. Norman Mazzara was at one point baseball prospectus is number one yeah. prospect. Wait, Leotis Tavares was? <laughs> no, Mazzara. Oh, Mazzara. Oh. Mazzara. He, was, he got all the way up to number one? For baseball prospectus, he did, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and some other uh, the older names like Rognet Odor, oh, Alfaro, yeah. Michael Choice, Nick Williams. I remember Nick Williams. Delino uh, DeShields and Choice sounds familiar. No, uh, there, 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 there was Delino DeShields and somebody else. Yeah, but the, the Shields was uh he came out through through the through the Astros uh farm oh, system. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And he got in there as a as a kind of a veteran. Uh hey, that's Nick Martinez I see here for the Rangers, number 12 back in 20, 2014. The number 12 prospect for the Rangers, according to Minor League Ball. Nick Martinez. I think that's the guy from the Padres right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Lewis Brinson is also uh 
on this Brent. list. Oh, 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 you're on the prospect. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought you meant yeah. like well, for the Rangers. I was like, no. Yeah, yeah. The Rangers. The Rangers. Top 20 prospect back in 2014. Lewis Brinson. Brinson. That was before he got traded for Luke Roy. Uh-huh. Oh, God. This is At- we're, we're going way back now. This is hurting yeah, my head. Just <laughs> Alec Asher as well. You remember Alec Asher, right? Oh, of course. Was- yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I think that was one of the guys they used to to acquire um, Cole Hamels, I believe. Leonis Martin. That was oh, it. Oh yeah. I, I went yeah. back to 2014 and found him. Yep, that, Leon, I, Leonis Martin, 30 stolen bases. I remember these stolen bases, people. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder really, why. I wonder really, why they really <laughs> stick out. Yeah. They really stick out. Anyway, uh, Nate Ovaldi. I think we talked about him plenty. I think he'll. I think we talked about him a couple of weeks ago that he would probably fit in well with the Orioles or someone, some team like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew Benintendi, uh, I guess he'll be a Cub soon. But the real, <laughs> the real question I have for you, Mister Flannery, is: out of these two catchers, they're both in their early thirties. Who do you prefer, Omar Narvaez or Christian Vasquez? You see, you, Omar Narvaez was really bad last year, but he's always been the guy that I trust in fantasy. I know. Just as the I number know. two catcher, I'm still gonna pick him. I uh, can't give up on the lefty hitting catcher. Always love those guys. The Steven votes, the, the John Jasos and the Omar Narvaez's <laughs> of the world. Not me, man. The only catchers I want are the ones who don't really play catchers. The Ryan Domitz <laughs> of the world. And most recently, the Dalton Varshows of the world. Yes, Ryan Domit. That That's a name that comes out of yesteryear. Yeah. Oh, man, I had high hopes for that guy. Hey, that guy plays right field, but he's eligible, eligible at catcher. You got to take advantage. Uh, let's see. The, we go back to the Mets now because Jose Quintana is now showing up. You also mentioned that uh, who the hell did they sign recently? Oh, 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 uh, David Robertson. Yeah, and Brandon Nimmo is back. So this is what the rotation looks like now: Verlander, Scherzer, Quintana, Carrasco, and David Peterson. Not too shabby. Bullpen looks much better now with Brooks Raley being acquired, as well as David Robertson, like you mentioned. So uh, even with them losing the Grom, the Mets are still having a very busy offseason, just uh, tweaking the lineup ever so slightly. Yeah. Uh, Jamison Tyone, that's a guy that uh, Austin mentioned on hit uh, on one of these express shows, someone that he really is high on. And I must have been asleep or Maybe, yeah, I I definitely has was asleep. I just realized that he's now a Cub player. Four years, sixty-eight yeah. million dollars. So uh, not too bad for the Cubs. Him and Walker almost went back to back. They both got four-year deals right around the same AAV. Wow. Okay. Uh, so let's take a look. Marcus Stroman still the ace of that rotation by default. Not Kyle Hendricks, as I you know kept telling Cub fans and everybody who could hear me. Kyle Hendricks is not an ace of any team. <laughs> you know how I feel about that. But he fits. Kyle Hendricks looks stupendous as a number three pitcher here for the Cubs. Jamison Tayo at number two. Justin Steele, who had a pretty darn good year last year. Uh, kind of a breakout, mini breakout for him last year at the fourth spot. And then Adrian Sanson, who's been up and down. And they also got a bunch of other guys like Keegan Thompson that can probably compete for that fifth man rotation. Bullpen looks a lot worse than it did last year uh, with, the, with the, everybody leaving and, you know, all the comings and goings, so it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see what they do to kind of bolster that road, that bullpen. I think when Austin and I were doing the uh, spreadsheets for the 2022 fantasy season and just the overall Major League Baseball season preview, the Cubs had an atrocious bullpen, and then all of a sudden they signed these guys left and right. And I mean, you you mentioned it last time. All of a sudden they look respectable. So maybe the Cubs will do another one of those where they sign a bunch of guys very late in the off season. So let's move on to uh, Mitch Hanniger. So the Giants missed out on Aaron Judge, so 
they get back on that horse and get Mitch Hanniger, who, I mean, you talk about guys who can't stay healthy, then that's what the red flags on Aaron Judge. Mitch Hanniger, I, I never... I never know when he's playing or if he'll play or how long he will be out of the lineup for so long. And now he's going to the most awful ballpark for a hitter. But he did play in Seattle all those years, though. So yeah. thoughts on Mitch Henniger to the Giants? Very on brand for the Giants. Oh, yeah. just, just perfect for him. I mean, it, it's just one of those like we expect nothing out of it. And the Giants and Zaidi are going to use him in such a way that he kind of recaptures some of that old glory. Probably doesn't play as much to keep him a little bit healthier. Uh, he had that bulky like hip, and then the hernia, and like he had just some some weird things that kind of kept him out a little bit longer than you would have expected. Uh, let's look at the lineup really quick. Hanniger, uh, remember the Giants are notorious for just platooning everything in left and right, left and right, literally left, right, left, right, left, right. Uh, Hanniger looks like he has his job all to himself in right field, and it's going to be uh, some sort of, sort of timeshare at DH and at left field and. Who's a center fielder? Oh, Jastrzemski. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I think it's going to be a timeshare. It's center field, left field, DH, and maybe even some of these other infield positions as well because they do have to play Tommy LaStella regularly. Austin Slater has to find some playing time, so on and so forth. So we'll see how they uh, distribute the labor there in San Francisco. Uh, Josh Bell in a nifty deal going to the Cleveland Guardians. So um, I don't remember who – was it Carlos Santana for them last year? or Or which one? For the Guardians last season, I'm trying to figure out who he was, who Josh Bell is replacing in Cleveland. Uh, Josh Naylor still in the roster. Mm. So one of them goes plays first base every day. They go back and forth. I don't know. Interesting. Uh, so yeah, Josh Bell uh, penciled in as a cleanup hitter for the Guardians. So uh, again, that's one of those. Uh, I mean, that you look at that team. It's like the most ordinary lineups you'll ever see. But I'm not going to question them at this point. They got a bunch of guys who could slap the ball around and can run bases. They they, they play that 80s style, and Jose Ramirez is able to generate uh, run production like nobody's business, one of the best players in the league right now. So with the shift going away, I think this lineup, who knows, Sean, maybe maybe this will be the prototype for the future, right? Maybe maybe gone will be the days where people are, uh, where, where major league teams are trying to uh, create lineups where guys are grinding out at bats and trying to hit home runs and doubles and stuff. The Guardians are the future. You know what, Sean? The Guardians are the Kansas City Royals. Uh, the Guardians are the are the offense that the Kansas City, the 2015 Kansas City Royals, influenced back in the day. So it only took them seven yeah. years. It, it only took seven years for that to happen. So Josh Bell is their Mike Moustakas. <laughs> <laughs> the plus contact with the best power on the team, but it's not even really that good power. Just kidding. Jose Ramirez still is the best power, but still. Are they similar guys? Uh, Sean Manai, where is he going? Do you know? Uh, no clue, and I don't really care. You don't know. Do you <laughs> I, I don't. I don't like. I don't like Manaya. Next, yeah. I, I usually I'm usually the guy who, you know, poo poos on a guy like Manaya, but I actually I had high hopes for him in 2020. A lot so. of Mets fans wanted him last year, and I was just like, no, no, <laughs> why? And, and he's already <laughs> 31 years old. I did not yeah. know that. Uh, Elvis Andrews, a uh, little bit of a bounce back second half for him. So uh, do you see him? I mean, he's 34. Do you see him get maybe a three-year contract so he could play until he's 37? Or I don't think he gets a three-year contract. I do think he gets a two-year contract. Not so sure about $10 million a year. But I will make – I feel confident in this projection. Um, he's going to go to the Braves. 
He's going to be insurance against Swanson <laughs> leaving. No, no, literally. He's going to be insurance. They have Vaughn Grissom who they can play at second base. All right. But if Vaughn Grissom okay. or something happens, they don't have much depth at the position aside from Braden Shoemake, who's another lefty shortstop heading infielder I've always liked, but he's still in the minor leagues. Um, yeah, Elvis Andrews goes to the Braves. Yeah. All right. All right. I know oh, Orlando Arcia is still with the Braves. Uh, I think he's the guy. I don't think he's been playing much shortstop lately, though. When he plays, it's like first base, third base, oh, left okay. field. I'm thinking I might be thinking of somebody else. Uh, it's well, I mean, Arcia was a shortstop, but he's like, he, yeah, it is on, him. I think he put on weight, though, or something like, let me look. I feel like he hasn't played shortstop or I never see him play shortstop anymore. Yeah, there was two guys for the Brewers, and I believe Arcia was the diminutive. Yeah, he was at the Benitez shortstop. That was supposed to be the Brewers' future. Who was the and other they, shortstop? Because I I do vaguely remember that as well. The other one. I'm trying to think. It was some guy named maybe some guy named Osvaldo Arcia was. Anyway, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, uh, so he's only played six games at shortstop the last two years. Arcia has. He's played 20 in left field. And wow, tw- he played 50 at second. He filled in for Ozzy Albies at second a lot right. when he was hurt this year. That's crazy. That is insane. This is the guy who was just tailor-made for shortstop, and he was supposed to be the guy up the middle for the Brewers for years to come, and he just couldn't hit the ball out of the infield. Uh, Martin Perez, we talked about him already, uh, solidifying the Rangers' uh, bull, uh, rotation. So we'll see if he can repeat the kind of the fluky season he had last year. He did not show up on any of our lists uh, when we talked about starting pitchers. All right, Sean, I know you wanted to finish up with the guys who would finish with the 1.9 projected award, but we 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 well, we got to finish with this one. This was a big trade between the Brewers and the and the Mariners. Okay, okay, yeah, be, yeah, yeah. And that'll be the only trade we'll talk about, and we'll see how much how much more we can discuss next time we were together. But Jesse Winker and Abraham Toro going to the Brewers for Colton Wong, which is just insane to me. I know that the Mariners have a a, a crazy log gem in the outfield, but to get rid of Jesse Winker and then throw in Abraham Tor to make room for Colton Wong is just bananas to me. What do you think about that? I think it's kind of more based in money and they're making mm. similar amounts, but it's an expiring deal on Wong. Um, it opens up a roster spot at second base for top prospect Bryce Terang, who uh, yeah. really sl- got slept on because he never really had much power, but played the entire year at AAA was insanely good. Mm-hmm. And it gets the Brewers a DH, uh, something they sorely needed. I thought it was interesting that Seattle had, you know, given Winker this extension. And then there was some uh, article came out that he didn't like practicing. Granted, he was dealing with a <laughs> neck injury right. all season that he didn't get fixed until the end. If my neck was hurting every day, I wouldn't want to be taking extra swings either. Um, I like the move for both teams. I think it's a little bit of an overpay to get somebody like Colton Wong. I um, think so as well, yeah. But, you know, Jerry DePoto is going to Jerry DePoto, so. That's exactly it. Uh, Colton Wong had a very quiet 15 and 15 season last year. Yeah, I mean, well, Wong isn't anything bad. I just, when you look at it, you're like, for Jesse Winker? He's not, yeah, that's what I mean. He's he's just so, he's like the Sarah Plain and Tall of Major League Baseball. And this is coming from a guy who had lots of high hopes 
for the uh for the for the car that Cardinals trio of prospects that included Matt Adams, yeah. who I mentioned before I saw him in a in an independent league baseball game this past season, uh Oscar Tavares, who passed uh, who died in a in a car accident, and then uh, Colton Wong, who actually ended up surviving for this long, but to very mediocre, not well, mediocre is kind of harsh, but very pedestrian, I guess. Well, I guess that's not any better. But yeah, the very unassuming, a very unassuming career for Colton Wong. And to Sean, he had a 339 on base percentage and a 430 slugging percentage. Pretty damn good for a second baseman, but yeah. it's still so underwhelming. But here's what the Mariners look like aside from Wong. Uh, Rodriguez at the leadoff spot, Ty France, Eugenio Suarez, Kyle Rowley on uh, uh on the uh cleanup spot to Oscar Hernandez, who they acquired from the Blue Jays, Colton Wong, Jerry Kalenic. So they're going to count on Jerry Kalenic and they're going to put him in a platoon and hope that seeing nothing but right-handed hit, uh, pitchers is going to help. Tom Murphy, who is also a catcher, will now be the DH. Who? JP, Tom Murphy. Oh, Tom. I, yeah, oh, I thought you said something else and I was like, who? I had absolutely no clue who you were talking about. And and they still got your guy Cooper Hummel and JP Crawford is still the shortstop and but Cooper Hummel uh, makes a trio of catchers uh, that involves Raleigh Murphy and Hummel himself uh, a former prospect for the Diamondbacks uh, Dylan Morris Sam Haggerty Taylor Trammell who is a guy that they're not going to give up anytime soon it looks like they still like him and they like him enough that they got rid of guys like Kyle Lewis and mm-hmm. J- Jesse Winker and all those guys. And then rotation looks pretty damn good with Castillo Gilbert. So let me say the first and last name. Luis Castillo, Logan Gilbert, Robbie Ray, George Kirby, Marco Gonzalez. That is a potent starting rotation right there if I've ever seen one. And, of course, we have Marble at their bullpen this whole time. Over mm-hmm. to the Brewers, uh, Kristen Yelich, Willie Adams, Roddy Tellez, Luis Urias. Luis Urias as a cleanup hitter. How do you like them apples? He didn't he come close to thirty home runs this year, or or hit thirty home runs this year? No, uh, oh, no. I see that he only hit sixteen. Okay, he but... hit six. I thought he had a, like a, a close to thirty. I might be thinking of uh, somebody else. Okay, uh, maybe, go, maybe, go maybe, ahead. Yeah, I mean, maybe, he, maybe. he had he said for a little bit more power of late compared to his prospect profile. Right, right. He was supposed to be a line drive hitter when he was yeah. uh, coming up the Padre system. Uh, Jesse Winker, Tyrone Taylor, who I don't know if he's going to be starting next year. I, I don't see it, but a lot can change in that outfield. A lot can change I, I, in that I, outfield. So I, they have a lot of good outfielders. Sal Freelich, Garrett, uh, Garrett Mitchell's already in, on the lo- roster for now. And, yeah. yeah, for for now. Uh, Joey Weimer, top prospect. Um, yeah, they're they're definitely very close. And then they still got Kiss the who might. <laughs> <laughs> that's your guy they they got rid of hud to refro so they can give keston hero more playing time and well, you see, that, that was the thing they, they made all these moves and i was like oh yeah keston hero is gonna get more playing time and and no because <laughs> they gotta give price touring some playing time they got some they got some interesting pieces on the bench peyton henry who's a guy that we talked about who i thought was one of the what was a pitcher but he was a catcher <laughs> but we've mentioned him before numerous times mike brousseau that's the guy who hit a home run off of our oldest chapman when the buzzer went in his body Le- went off. lefty killer yeah, uh, Kessin Hiura and your guy, Estiori Ruiz, your actual guy, your real guy, Estiori Ruiz from the Padres. So interesting team, but it still doesn't look like anything threatening for the Brewers. And Abraham Toro will be starting in AAA, according to Ross. I, I think Abraham Toro gets a roster spot over somebody like uh, Brusso or Ruiz, personally. Okay. I, I think they give him that chance. Brusso, obviously, or Brusso, however you can pronounce it, they both give a lot of uh, versatility. But um, I think Toro gets a little bit more, and maybe they tinker with him and actually fix him. And he's the guy that we really liked when he was in Double A and Triple A, and had high All hopes right. for. 
we we went through all the guys who are projected to get the 1.9 war who on the free agent side of things is there a guy on the below 1.8 that you wanted to discuss before we uh sign off for today uh, let me find it. I had closed that one. But yeah, there, there's several good names. Just because we didn't talk about them today doesn't mean they won't be valuable next year. There's guys that didn't play last year, like Michael Conforto. There's guys who had career years last year, like Brandon Jury. Um, just because the big names are off the board, uh, that doesn't mean you've won anything or lost anything. Often the success of these teams, and it's true in real life and in fantasy, you, you don't win your drafts in rounds one through five. You can lose your drafts one through five, but it's what you do with 20 through 30 and picks like that and guys you sign that nobody's really expecting of that have the great year. Uh, Ryan Anderson finally given up on Miami. Michael Brantley available. Noah Syndergaard. uh, J.D. Martinez. There's lots of these guys still available out there. Um, And it's been such a fun offseason so far. Don't you love my attitude on the whole offseason's changed? (laughs) With <laughs> in the beginning of the show since Nimmo resigned. Um yeah, oh, yeah just be very... just because these guys haven't signed yet doesn't mean they're crap, doesn't mean they can't help your team next year. Um, and I'm looking forward to the rest of it. Uh Ross Stripling is a guy that I'm excited to see. He kind of uh he kind of showed some consistency last year. So hoping that that can uh, continue. And you know what? He's 33 years old. You know what I say about pitchers who are turning 33, 34, sometimes starting pitchers, the older, the older you are, the better you seem to be. So <laughs> that's the, I mean, we're seeing all the old pitchers get the big contracts except for Clayton Kershaw. So there must be something <laughs> to that. Um, aside from that, not, there's not really any other guy that, I mean, Joey Gallo. I, I'm never going to give up on Joey Gallo. Matt Carpenter. Oh, come on. Hey, he had a 2.3 war this year. 217 WRC plus. 217. Springfield, Springfield. That's a hell of a town. <laughs> uh Gary Sanchez is another guy I can't give up, but yeah, he sucks. Um <laughs> Mike Clevenger signing with the White Sox is um it's such an underwhelming deal, but it's I guess it's necessary for them, which is kind of sad. Anyway, we can go on forever and yeah. talking about these players. It'll be fun the- when these guys start to come off the board, though. Yeah, absolutely. And then when we start uh uh you know, previewing the 2023 season, we got a lot of things to go. Just because it's December doesn't mean, and the winter meetings are over, doesn't mean we're going to stop. We're going to keep going until we can't know more um, as we enter the 2023 calendar year and we get ready to get prepare for the 2023 fantasy baseball and real baseball season next year. But I, I, I'm looking at the calendar, Sean, and it looks like we might have maybe one, maybe two more shows, and they can't be on the weekend because the holidays fall on the weekend this year. So maybe we got a couple more shows before we call it a year. But For sure. I look forward to see what we come up with. And then, of course, Austin has the advantage of going on Thursdays or during the weeknights uh, on the Express Show, and he's doing his GOAT series. Second basis next is from what I'm hearing. So lots to talk about, lots of other things that we have in store for you. So with that said, uh, that is Sean over there. I am Felipe over here. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good one, everybody. Adios.